days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, To be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Well, good evening, everybody. Lovely to see you this evening in church. Uh, and it's a relief I can take my mask off because you can barely understand me as I am, never mind with three layers of material over my face. Uh, we're opening a beautiful piece of scripture this evening. Uh, but before we look at that, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, we, we thank you and we praise you for these accounts about your ministry while you were on earth. And Jesus, we just pray, God, that you would make them come to life, that uh, the Jesus we read about in these pages as we speak about in a minute, Lord, would that be uh, as alive as you were as the day you walked this earth. Might you be so real and so at work in our lives this evening, for it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I've really enjoyed our little time going through the book of Matthew. If you've been uh, following at home our, our month uh, in, in Matthew, it's been great to go right from the very start. Uh, hopefully soon towards the end of the book, we'll get there in a couple of weeks' times. And it's been great to go through and just see themes and ideas all repeated and to really ponder this question, who is Jesus? The question that any good biography uh, is going to get you to ask, is going to inform you about, and that's indeed what Matthew will uh, Mark, what Luke and John wants us to think about, who is Jesus? And it's kind of a spin in that question I, I want us to think about this evening. And the question is this, who do we follow? And I'm not saying, who do you follow? Do you follow Jesus or do you follow somebody else? I'm asking if you're a Christian here this evening, who exactly are we following when we call ourselves Christians uh, we're in chapter 17, but let's go back a little bit to the last couple of verses 
of chapter 16, uh, starting at uh, verse 13. Uh, I'll give you a quick buster of what's just happened. Uh, Jesus says to his disciples, disciples, who do people say I am? They get a couple of answers. And then Peter hits the, the nail on the head and says, you are the Christ. And Jesus says, yes, Peter, you are right. And then we see Peter fall dramatically from grace from being the guy with all the answers. He really puts his foot on it. He gets it completely wrong because when Jesus says he's going to die, Peter goes, no, Lord, that can't be true. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. But then Jesus goes on to say that people who follow him should also expect to die. Whoever wants to follow Jesus must take up their cross and must follow him. So not only is Jesus saying that if you, I'm going to die, I'm going to go to a cross. But he says, if you want to follow me, you have to be willing to take up your cross. And so I think it's a fair question to ask if Jesus is looking at us to take up our cross for him, to deny our lives, or perhaps have our lives be ended in death by following him, who exactly are we following? Who exactly is it that we are going to die for? And Jesus is going to show these disciples exactly who he is. There are lots of other voices you might want to listen to. Lots of different people who want to tell you who Jesus is. Uh, Jesus said he's meek and he's mild and he's kind and he's lovely. That's who Jesus is. A little bit weak, a little bit of a pushover. But if you're kind of a quiet person, maybe Jesus is your thing. Some might say he's love, love, love. He's just love. And if it says love, it's got to do with Jesus. He's never going to tell anybody they're wrong. He only has love for people. Some other people might say he's, he's smart. He's a genius teacher. He's a little bit like Pythagoras or Einstein. Their ideas have stuck, stuck around for a long time. That's a little bit the same as Jesus. Jesus is meek and mild. Jesus is love. Jesus is a great teacher, but he is so much more than all those things because Jesus Christ is God, the Lord Almighty. Jesus picks a few of his disciples. He says to Peter, James, and John, guys, let's go for a walk. And really, it's more of a climb. It's a pretty high mountain. It's pretty hard work, I'm sure, uh, getting up to the top of that mountain. But it's not the countryside that Jesus wants them to get a better picture of. It's him. Jesus wants these disciples to see him in all of his glory, in all of his beauty. Jesus takes a private moment aside with these disciples to share with them something of himself. And when they get to the top, something amazing and astounding happens. Uh, Matthew says that Jesus is transfigured. He's made more beautiful. His face shines like the sun. You know that big star in the sky that we can't really look at, that we kind of have to squint? Imagine that localized in the face of Jesus right before you. And not only his face, but his clothes, they're so bright, they're so white, they're like light itself. Must have been an absolutely astounding sight to behold. And not only is Jesus' face shining like the sun, but beside Jesus, two figures appear, uh, Moses and Elijah. And the interesting thing with Moses and Elijah, two Old Testament characters, two pretty important Old Testament characters, the important thing about Moses and Elijah here is that Moses and Elijah have met with God on a mountain before. If you were to read Exodus chapter 33 or 1 Kings chapter 19, you would see that Moses and Elijah have met God on top of a mountain before. And that's exactly what they're doing here. They're not meeting a great teacher. 
They're not meeting a miracle worker. They're not just meeting somebody who has great ideas. They're meeting God on top of a mountain. That's who Jesus is, the son of God, God himself, the creator of the worlds, the one who appeared to Moses in a burning bush, the one who led the people of Israel through the wilderness, through fire and through smoke, the one who uh, helped Elijah at that contest at Mount Carmel, the one that came with earthquakes and wind and came with a whisper. That's who Jesus is. He's the Lord God Almighty. And you might think, well, I kind of know that. I know he's God. But that should blow our minds absolutely completely. It's absolutely amazing. You could sit all day and think that this man, Jesus, really is God. And you wouldn't be done thinking about it. To think the person who calls you to follow him, the person who says, I love you, the person who says, come let me teach you, come let me show you what life is itself, is God the most powerful, awesome, glorious being in all the universe. Our heads can't even begin to comprehend him, is the one who says, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Who is Jesus? Who do Peter, James and John follow? Who do we follow? We follow the Lord Almighty. But we also have another witness, another person in this story, and it's God the Father. Because as Peter, James, and John sung this mountain with Jesus and his face is shining in the sun, they can't really look at him. Moses and Elijah are beside him. A voice speaks. A cloud comes and envelops them and a voice speaks. And this is what that voice says. Chapter 17, verse 5. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. God the Father speaks from heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. Peter, James and John, listen to him. Don't just listen to him like you listen to Moses and Elijah. Listen to him as the final word of God, as the ultimate revelation of me because he is me. Who better to tell you about God? Who better to reveal truths about God than God himself? Listen to him. Listen to him when he speaks about who he is. Listen to him when he speaks about where he has come from. Listen to him when he speaks about the kingdom. Listen to him when he says he's going to die and be resurrected again. Listen to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Lord Almighty. And this voice scares and terrifies the uh, disciples, Peter, James, and John, fall flat on their faces. And then something pretty amazing happens. Because this Jesus, whose face was like the sun, who is the most glorious, most amazing, most powerful being in the universe, bends down, touches them, and tells them, don't be afraid. What a marvelous picture of the gospel in that one little sentence. That God was willing to come down from heaven. The most glorious God we could ever think or imagine, not even get close to, was willing to come down to heaven to pull sinners up and to say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And as soon as this transfiguration started, it is all over. By the time the disciples get up, Jesus is there by himself looking as normal as he did that morning. And they begin to go down the mountain And again, it's probably quite a hike down. I hate going down mountains. I much prefer to go up them. But they have time to talk, time to converse, time to talk about what's going on. And it seems the disciples are still pretty confused. 
And by what Jesus says in verse 9, it seems to me that they won't really understand what has happened until Jesus has died and is resurrected. Jesus says, don't tell anybody about this because you don't understand what just happened. And I'm pretty sure if you told other people, they wouldn't understand what just happened either. Keep this to yourselves. But as they go down, our vision kind of changes. We go back to this idea that Jesus is somebody who has come to earth to suffer. If you look at verse 12, if you've got a Bible. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. And all of a sudden, we kind of have these two contrasting ideas, don't we? God, the most glorious, amazing being, but also a man nailed to a cross. And you might think they're two different ideas. It's really sad that they have to come down off that mountain and once again think about the cross and the sad thing that's going to happen to Jesus. But you see, I don't really think they're two contradictory ideas at all. I think it's amazing and it points to just how almighty and how amazing Jesus is that he was willing to go to the cross for us. Because we don't have a God who screams from heaven and shouts to us and says, look at me, I'm amazing, I'm great, I'm really, really powerful. But instead we have a God who says, I'm really, really powerful and I'm going to come down. I'm going to reveal myself to you. I'm going to show you my power and I'm going to show you my power most by dying for you on a cross. By giving up my life for you, that you might have life. That's the God we have, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty, the God who went to the cross for us, that we might have life. Jesus is right whenever he says that he will die, but also that he will ascend. And today Jesus is in heaven, shining like the sun. Uh, Did you know in, in Revelation it says that there will be no sun Because God will be our light. His glory will be our light when we get there. That's the glory and the majesty and the awesomeness of Jesus. But what a beautiful picture we see in Matthew chapter 17. Both Jesus, the God, the most amazing being and glorious being of creation. The God himself made man his glory veiled that he might come to teach poor sinners like you and me might die on the cross for us, that we might have life. That's just a beautiful picture that I would love you to reflect on, to think of, to think how amazing and how great and awesome Jesus is. Not just a teacher, not just a guy with good ideas, but God himself, the God of all creation, made man for us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we praise you and we thank you this evening that you came down to earth, that you did not cling to your heavenly position as Lord of all creation, but instead you came down to earth and indeed you took the role of a servant, indeed a servant that would die for us. We just thank you for this passage in Matthew this evening. We thank you for the wonderful picture it gives us of the gospel, the amazing picture it gives us of who you are. And we pray, God, that as we are called to follow you this week, to take up our cross for you, Lord, would we remember that as we do so, we take up our cross for the God of the universe, the one with unlimited power, the one with unlimited resources. And Father, might we also bear in mind that as we follow your son, Jesus Christ, we do not follow somebody who did not bear a cross of his own, who bore it for us. Father, help us to think on that, help us to dwell on that, and help us for that image of your son, Jesus, 
to continue to help us to love him and to follow him. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.